Welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution Podcast, where women are magical and empowered. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Monday, psychologist turned transformational feminine business coach. This podcast is for you if you want to prioritize your own pleasure, face your fears, and manifest your desires. This podcast is sponsored by the Fearless Feminine Academy, where I teach women how to turn their trauma into their superpowers. My goal is to show women that we can heal our world by creating time and financial freedom by doing whatever the fuck we want. Are you ready for the divine feminine revolution? Let's get vulnerable and go deep. I'm so honored that you're here. Okay. Hello and welcome everyone to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Monday, and I'm super excited to have my special guest, Allison Vernon Thompson, creator of Feminine Fire Method, um, a feminine fitness style that's a delicious combo of yoga, Pilates, and strength training and dance. So Allison, give us a brag intro and tell us all about the deliciousness. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you, Dr. Megan, for having me. I am very thrilled to be here. And um, yeah, so I brag that I've been doing this work for quite some time. I've been in the fitness industry and in the nutrition industry, really working for about 16 or so years. And I love it. I've been working with all different types of human bodies on injury prevention and um, weight loss and nutrition. Most recently, I started this company, The Feminine Fire Method, which really, I brag, helps women to just enjoy their bodies rather than being in a place of punishing their bodies during working out, teaches how to fall in love with working out through following our own energy rather than being in this mindset of like, oh, I have to like destroy myself or kill it or give, you know, we are often taught 110%. We have to give so much. And I brag that that through my method, you can like make progress by just enjoying the process and enjoying your flow of energy. I love that so much. And I think it's so needed because it's very like matriarchal in the sense that like, you're really reclaiming this, what has, I think, traditionally been a male dominated industry with like sports and exercise. Absolutely. Coming on fire to it. I love it. Like, tell me a little bit about like, how did you get on this journey? Like, what was it like in the very beginning and how did you get Oh gosh. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I guess I kind of, I came via the dance world. So I was a dancer my whole life. It's my background in school and college and everything. And I got injured pretty badly. And through the process of the injury and the healing process, I really fell in love with the amazing ability of the body to heal itself and to acclimate to various situations. And through that, then segued into Pilates and that healing method and then into personal training. And yeah, so it's been kind of this weavy journey. And the whole time, because maybe because I came from a dance background, I don't know, but I always felt like I didn't fit in in the gym world. So, you know, mm-hmm. lots of the trainers that were in, in the gyms I worked in were men. And then even the women would often have this approach to their working out where they seemed so consistent and so um, had always the ability to bring a lot of energy to be really intense. And I always felt like a misfit. Like, like some days I would, I always joke that I would just sometimes want to roll around in my yoga mat on my yoga mat in the corner and not do anything. Um, and I always felt like something was wrong with me that I didn't feel like working out hard all the time. Um, and so, yeah, so, so through this sort of feeling of being out of place in the fitness industry is how I came into the development of this new method that I use now. 
I love the sort of like feminine revolutionary vibes you have to like personal trademark on this. And, you know, they say, uh, my background is like therapy and psychology and they say actually like a career ending sports injury or in your case, dance injury is like one of the most traumatic things you can go through because it is this whole like loss of identity. And yet like like, this new approach kind of came out of the like, maybe like death and rebirth you kind of went through about that. Can you kind of touch on that? Yes, definitely. You know, that was a really hard time in my life where I ended up having this big surgery and it, I think it was the first time I had experienced depression in a way, as you're highlighting, it did my whole identity, my whole world, it was really wrapped up in dance and, and sort of in, in my body in a way, because my body had always operated in a certain way. And so I have my degree was a BFA in dance and, um, And so to kind of have my whole world, my whole future career wrapped up in how my body was functioning um, really threw me for a loop when I didn't recover from that surgery the way that I thought I would. And um, through the process, it was, as you're saying, it really changed my view of of my body, of my, of my ability to heal and what that meant for me. And so I feel like so many times we are taught to really be that we have to be perfect in our body or perfect in order to work out or to do any of these things. I think through that process, I really fell in love with, with my body and learning to be gracious and empathetic to, you know, towards myself and say, okay, well, maybe I can't dance the way I used to, but how do I enjoy dancing now? And how can I just enjoy the sensations within my body? And that's what I like to help people get to now with whether it's through dance or some other form of exercise. And that's really what I try to coach people on is finding what, what you love, because ultimately what we love is what's going to make us consistent and not, you know, and that, that's, that's really an important piece of the puzzle. And the fire, right? Like the passion and the excitement and everything. It kind of brings up for me, like I have just like a mini version of like a dance trauma story. So like I grew up in ballet, not, not competitive or like, you know, but it was like a big part of my identity. And then when I was a little kid, I like got into like the kind of like chubby fat stage of it. And so I couldn't really do like point and that kind of thing. And so it was not necessarily like a career ending injury, obviously, but it like kind of limited this thing I'd always like kind of viewed myself as. And in high school, I got into like, you know, swimming and some other things. But um, actually in grad school, I found Pilates and belly dancing. And then belly dancing led me to um, actually the healing center in Knoxville, Gypsy Hands, where I then began my like healer mentorship and Reiki and all these beautiful things came into my life. And so in one sense, I had this like dance, like you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You can't do this trauma, you know, like eight, nine, 10. And then um, it came back into my life as this really beautiful, like feminine, empowering, like tribal, like earthy, sensual, beautiful, strong awesomeness. It's so I love I'm that. Wondering, like, it sounds like the version you created kind of has like a little bit of a similar vibe. So tell us about that. Yeah, I love that story so much, and that that you were able to reclaim dance for yourself. I I think many of us have this kind of we took dance as a child or remember dancing to music in our with our parents while we were cleaning the house or whatever. But we have gotten in our head a lot about our ability to enjoy dance just for the sake of enjoying it. And like watching me dance now versus how I would have danced, danced, you know, years ago is like a totally different thing because now I've just claimed it as my own and, and, and can move in spazzy ways and not feel 
or however my body wants to move. And I don't feel like um, an obligation to look a certain way. And I think that is what, like the great thing about reclaiming it. But, but yes, when we follow the feminine fire, I say that there are these four phases of the feminine fire. Embers where you're like barely lit. You're just like, if you've ever seen a campfire when it's like hardly, you can't even see anything left. It's just like almost all gray. But you know, if you scrape the top away, there's a little bit of a flame there. So that's like when you're maybe you're on your period. <laughs> Right. We've all been there. We're just like, oh, I feel, I call it smushy. You feel so smushy. You're exhausted. You, maybe you have your period or you're in some cycle of a hormonal flux, like within your life, perimenopause, postmenopause, all these things change our hormones and those change our energy levels. So sometimes you're in that phase, right? Barely have anything to give. Next phase is the smoldering phase. I like to say you can cook a damn good steak on a smoldering fire. <laughs> you know, it's that slow burn. You're moving slow, but you're still doing the thing. The next phase is the flame where you, you're maybe starting to pick it up. You're like, yeah, I could do a few rounds of this. I, I can do three sets of this today. I feel pretty good. The inferno is when you're just like, yeah, like let's dance, let's do intervals. Let's like go crazy. <laughs> what, what we have been taught to do is that we're always supposed to be in like the inferno. But what I argue is that if you follow your body's lead, if you follow her energy and her flow between these four phases of the fire, that over time, this still accumulates into massive progress, but you've just enjoyed yourself so much more. And you're not like in this place where you feel that you've punished yourself at all. You haven't, you've just followed your lead, your body's lead every day. So that is seriously profound. Like, <laughs> apply to business coaching too you know like I mean what a great like stages of change model yeah that it's you know I appreciate you bringing that up so much one of my girlfriends said the other day she's like I think this is about all of life and you need to listen to your yeah. own advice on business because I was I was like sharing I was getting frustrated with something with business and she's like I think you're just in the smolder right now and you need to chill <laughs> I was like okay you're right you're right okay I can appreciate that so. I love that fiery symbolism too, because, um, I'm really big into astrology. And so like, I'm mostly like air and water. So I have like a lot of mental and emotional, um, but I have very little like earth and, um, fire. And so luckily my daughter is like a fire firecracker. So I, I get a lot of that like injection of like passion and creativity and inspiration, like through her, but I really love, I just love that elemental vibe and the change and that like each it's not really that like one stage is like better than the other. We might like feel better at certain stages, but like they all have their purpose, you know? Exactly. Yes. I love that. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I think one of my big passions is talking about, you know, replacing the patriarchy with the matriarchy. And so I think like dominion over the body, I know that that has been mm -hmm. kind of such a huge topic in the therapy world. I've done a lot mm -hmm. of, you know, women's liberation and empowerment work around like body image and just, oh, I've done a lot of trauma work. And so when we have trauma, we're disembodied, right? And so yeah. can you talk a little bit about how awesome it can be to have like an empowering relationship with your body, no matter like what size or ability or whatever? Yes. This is such a powerful conversation. And what I find is that when we get into a place where we're coming to it, where it's not about visual, but just about feeling. So we do a lot of like touching in my class and, you know, closing our eyes and just feeling how it feels to move your hips. When you, <laughs> when you get to a place where you're really coming to love your, your body 
from enjoyment of how it feels, it really does transform your relationship with your body. Because I think we've been taught that it's very visual, right? Like how you look, how you appear to others and to yourself. And it, the body love conversation for myself personally, there was like this disconnect sometimes because I think we've been connect, we've been taught and conditioned for so long since we were children to look at our bodies a certain way. Like these things are wrong. This is what the culture says my body should look like. And so it was like, even though I would say, I want to love my um, back of my legs where I've had, you know, and most women just for the record have cellulite or some sort of thing on the back of their legs and their butt. Um, I would say 90% of women, but I would be in my head, like, how can I be in the fitness industry and not have like, can't get my legs right. And I would criticize this so much about myself. Um, and then when I got into a place where I could, instead of visually coming to it, but more like just enjoying like how it feels to touch my butt and my legs or to move my butt and my legs, I was able to fall in love with my own body and in a way that I never have before. And so I, I think that when, if, if we could get, if we can get this, this side or this idea of the sort of um, body love conversation going to in, I think it helps because we've been conditioned for so long from children that, that sometimes just coming at it from a visual place of like looking at your body and being like, I do love this thing. I do love this thing. I do love this thing can be kind of, you know, it's like you're on a mind trip because you're like, yeah, but I've received this messaging for so long. That's the opposite. So yes, back to that point of just like getting into how it feels and not just how it looks. Yeah. I've done mirror work over the years with clients and nothing can get people like crying more. <laughs> yes. Like look at their body or look themselves in their own eyes and say like, I love you or I'm beautiful. I mean, it's just like universally, I think hard for people. And that's like so hard. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm thinking of is a couple of resources, like, you know, for the, for the people out there, like listening and watching, um, if, if you want some of this, like, I would say like accessible, like Netflix style therapy. Goop has done a really cool, like sex and body and relationships. Oh yeah. People are in. And then that's a great series. But there's a S factor, uh, documentary that's really good. I am booking okay. them in. Maybe I'll Google it in a second or put it in the show notes, but that one's very empowering. And so, I mean, I think I wept through like both of those. <laughs> yeah. And I think being like embodied, that is your power. And just to borrow a little theory from psychology, there's this thing called like objectification theory. And so the more we're treated like an object, the more we start to self-objectify. Mm -hmm. What happens is like become out-of-bodied and we're like looking at our body from like an observer's view, you know, like when you get the glance up and down from, you know, yes. and, and they're like sizing you up, like we do that to ourselves. Mm -hmm focused on like what you're saying like how we look how we look and so mm -hmm. whenever I would work with people with body image and, and trauma stuff I would just be like it's not how it looks it's how it feels and so I love yeah. this whole thing around the senses and, and when we're like in the senses obviously there's like the pleasure piece which is yummy but it's also like mindfulness like we're out of the abstract and actually like into the present mm -hmm. moment um so yes about like women like tap into this like feminine fire like what becomes possible for them like what changes do you see oh I love it yeah so well besides well, the the very the the one that we all wanted to hear about right in the fitness world is like oh well now I can see my abs and this and that through following this method method because my class goes through the method so we start in embers and go into smoldering and blah blah but the um 
the thing that's very cool about it is people who never have worked out or worked out sporadically um, or or, are injured are able to stick with the workout. And so they, people who maybe have never worked out in their lives are able to stick with it. I've had people come off of medications, pain medications, all these things, because suddenly they're giving themselves permission to do what seems less than ideal. We've been you know, told like there's this fitness ideal of what you can do. And if you can't do that, then it's like almost not worth it. Or we, we get that impression, right? So, oh, I can't do what these people are doing on this video. So like, why bother? But what I see with this is that it's so permission giving to suddenly be like, well, you know, my body's not there yet, but I'm going to just be here and, and count this as a win that I showed up here on this yoga mat and did nothing like literally just laid in. <laughs> laid in child's bows or, you know, like rolled around or just did whatever low key thing. And I'm going to count that as if it was the full workout. And suddenly what happens is people start recovering from injuries, getting off of um, meds and really able to improve their overall health and wellness because they just gave it the little doses. I'm a big fan of mini habits, just like a little bit at a time. And it really does build. It really does build and their health does improve. So weight loss has happened to the class. Um, the, the pain meds and the medication, getting off medication in my mind are like some of the, the biggest because from an overall health standpoint, it's just huge. So it's yeah. really, that's my most exciting one. You kind of see everything in their life change, like relationships, confidence, like, you know, boundaries, like whatever, as people are kind of doing some of this. Yes. I, I think anytime we do this kind of work, which Sheila Kelly of S Factor is just a genius. Uh, but anytime we do this kind of work where we're connecting to our, how we enjoy our body and how we feel in our body, we do change on in every way because suddenly you can't, when you love yourself really fully, when you love your body completely, and therefore you, it's it sort of, it's like this growing bubble that starts to go out. You love everything about yourself more. And when you love yourself more, you stand for yourself more, whether it's in nutrition, in relationships, and you know, you name it. It's like, you suddenly just are a stronger person overall. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I love that so much. <laughs> um, I'm going to brag on myself because yes. your program, fearless feminine, I've had actually quite a lot of like healers and yoga instructors kind of come through and one Kathleen Godwin, I'm going to brag on her, actually her podcast episode just released. So go check her out. Oh, um, no. She uh, created a fearless feminine workout for me. So she went through the program and then she did this like some Pilates, some bar, and then a lot of just like gyrating, (laughs) to be totally honest, to activate this feminine power. And then like I lead people through this like fearless journey of like facing your fears and expressing yourselves and accepting and becoming a leader and embodiment and all this stuff. And so she took all of the like pieces of the concepts I was teaching and she would like put them to a movement, you know, so she'd be powerful, you know, and like, I got to say, like when I first did her workout, which actually that is my like fitness goal is to, and actually feminine fire sounds pretty exciting (laughs) as well. But like when I took like the concepts and these like belief changes and like mindset and different like things that were so important to me, but then you tie it with like a movement, a movement. Yes understand like I love sign language and sign language I think can like teach you uh, uh the like meaning behind the word and so pairing mm. positive intentions with like warrior pose or with like a yeah. yummy or something like that was like so much more potent and so that was yeah. just a moment where I was like oh my god I'm like receiving my own medicine back in this like 
incredible way. And I'm sure the feminine fire is kind of similar to that. Like it can be such an empowering model because we can know something like abstractly, but like until it's in the body. Mm, um, exactly. Really embody it in the like wisdom sense of things. So yeah, um, I love that. It really helps it to sink in, right? You feel as if you make it your own because you felt it in your body, not just held it in your head or something. That's so cool. So like, I got to say, you have been everywhere looking at your bio here, like (laughs) in live, good morning, America, Whole Foods, just to drop a few names for you. (laughs) Thank you. So I'm just kind of curious for like, you know, the holistic practitioners out there, that's usually who I work with. You know, a lot of us don't, I mean, we like kind of like deep in our soul have this big vision for like how we could be, you know, in front of like everybody like sharing our gifts, but like, how did you actually manifest that for yourself? Oh yeah. Well, you know, I've, I've been in New York city a long time. Um, and one thing that I think has served me so well in manifesting these things, is just connecting like genuine connection with, with lovely people that you feel a soul connection with. Yeah. And that has honestly, all of the great things that have happened, um, in my career and everything have really come through just amazing people that I, that I love and just had a heart connection with. And that's how they, they developed when I went through a phase, I'll call it a phase, I guess, where, um, I was doing a little bit of um, fitness modeling. And this actually was part of a time where I was really struggling against my body. But at that time I was really, I was holding a desire to do these things, to be on CNN, to do all this stuff. And, um, it's interesting how those times I, some of that stuff did come about, obviously these, 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 um, you know, think cool things to write in my bio, but also the, the sort of life lesson that came out of that is, um, was in this vein of, that was a time where I was really in a mode of punishing my body that I felt that everything with nutrition, everything with exercise had to be really tough and hard. And I think without that time, while I, I can say that these cool things came out of it career-wise for, as far as like my own relationship with my body, I wasn't in a great place actually. And so now it's so interesting how that time has really been a part of the building blocks of this of this t- current business, which has been like, really, it's kind of a beautiful thing, how things come around. So, but yeah, I would say from a career standpoint, just connecting with beautiful yeah. people that you love that connect with your soul is how a lot of that stuff kind of comes about. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think like being around powerful women, I love doing this podcast so much. I always learn something every episode and just seeing what's possible from women's stories. And I love that everybody who comes on here is so vulnerable and they will tell you like, the price of being, you know, a professional fitness model is that you're the, the pressure and the standards yeah. are renting, right? It, it I love it's almost like you like broke free of that and you used mm-hmm. like your connections and like, you know, sort of the New York, like Hollywood, like, um, vibes to then like take this thing that people want, you know, sometimes for the superficial reasons, like who doesn't want to like look good and attractive and beautiful, right? <laughs> Like breaking that wide open into like, I'm going to use like my platform and my power and my like visibility, like for good to like, kind of like take this thing that potentially can be harmful and turn it into something that's like beautifully empowering and liberating. So that's so exciting. I love this revolutionary, like really neat. 
Yeah, yeah, it really is. I think that we are on the cusp of a whole new attitude around working out and and our bodies in general. I think it's a beautiful thing. And I think we're just at the beginning of it. And it'll be really interesting to see, like with your daughter, what it's like for her when she's our age, how she feels about her body, you know, and I hope that we continue on this path and that there's enough of us out here just um, really, you know, carving the way for her to live in a world where she really feels more empowered in her body. Yeah. You know, it's interesting um, that you mentioned my daughter because uh, she's actually in competitive gymnastics. Um, so we did just like her very first little like competitive gymnastics meet. And mm. uh, I really like that the place she's in because it, it doesn't seem like it has a negative vibe, but like, it does seem like it's just very like athletic and for the empowerment and like, see what you can do. And like, it doesn't seem like it's a lot of that, like kind of darker side of like pressure or perfectionism or, mm-hmm. you know, how it's good or whatever um but it's just like incredible to see like what she can do with her body like she can like flip across <laughs> like just seeing her as a mom like I had to sit for five hours in this like crowded stadium which is not my thing as an empath so like I was kind of like okay I want to be totally honest sorry Luna um but <laughs> time being like oh my god look at my child like standing on a balance beam in front of like a huge audience you know like at nine like that's crazy you know but I that's do see huge just to see like how empowering like doing that sport has been for her just like the training and the focus and the discipline and like the friendship and um you know it's really cool like I think if anyone has like kids or teens out there listening you know I think one of the best ways you can protect your children from like negative forces is to get them involved in sports like particularly the high school years you know I think yes buffer against drugs and violence dating stuff and rape and all those things that happen like get them in like to team sports because then they have an identity they have a connection all this stuff but yes I'm hoping (laughs) that you know by the time my daughter's in high school and beyond like that some of these things will not be as prolific as they are now um and I think that that really all starts with you know women's empowerment and like making this as mainstream as for example the patriarchy has been yes yes I suck at that. <laughs> I'm going to hold space for it. I, I definitely, I hope that to be true. And I, I agree with what you're saying that, that any type of uh, sports or physical activity, it actually does help whether, especially when we start young, I think it does help quite a lot with learning discipline and, and just learning even how your body feels while it may not be coming from a place of love that in like my past necessarily. Um, I think that when you have identified how your body can feel in different ways, like your daughter probably can from hearing something then create it in her body, right. Through gymnastics, she can say, they can say certain words and she'll like be able to do certain things. I think that is a a really great tool as we get older. Um, because the more we have connection with our body, the, sort of easier it then becomes to be able to come to our, um, our health and our wellness from a place of love, um, because we already have some bit of connection with our bodies or with her, as I say about myself, you know, it's, it's, and I think that can be really helpful. Yeah. And you know, a lot in the pleasure communities, we hear a lot about like self-trust and like, I think you could extend that to like trusting your body and, Mm -hmm. and for her, like, 
if she does like a back handspring, like you can't just like doubt in the middle. I guess you can, but it's not going to turn out well, <laughs> you know, but like you have to trust that your body is going to like complete that movement. You're going to land on your feet. And I think that, you know, in the business coaching world, like that's such a huge part of like putting yourself out there and visibility and like a soul-based mission is like, you have to trust like the bigger picture and really trust yourself. And I think um, I would say trust your body, but maybe more like embodiment is the word. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of, you know, sex and relationship coaches, embodiment specialists, like on here. And I always ask people to like, kind of define embodiment. And so Mm. I'm kind of curious, like, what's your definition? Ooh, what a great question. When I think about, so I I have this worksheet that I like to give to my, the people in my class and um, I call it your embodied feelings. And it was really related. I guess it was originally inspired by Danielle Laporte who wrote this book, the, your cord about your core desire feelings. Um, and in my, my work, I call it your embodied feeling is really identifying the way that you want to feel in your body. So my, my embodied feelings are that I want to feel sexy, vibrant, and fit. Those are the words that I try to bring into my body or do things that make me feel this way and not do things if they don't make me feel that way. So vibrant is a big one. I used to, you know, I, in the, we owned a gym previously, my husband and I, and I would have to get up at like two in the morning and get on the train with him in order to get down there. And I eventually started just completely changing everything about like the opening routine at the gym and stuff, because I, it did not make me feel vibrant. So it kind of becomes this, once you identify these embodied feelings, exactly how you want to feel in your body, it becomes your pathway. It becomes your, the sort of conduit for which you do everything. So like, if your word is powerful, then my class may not be the class for you. You might want to be in CrossFit or some other type of workout. Um, I think identifying, so to be embodied in the feelings that are truly you is like coming home to yourself. It's like you're, it's giving yourself permission. There's a lot of permission giving for me to claim the word sexy. I just claim that shit now. I'm like, I want to feel sexy. And if it makes me feel sexy, then I feel good. Right. But I think coming home, it brings me back to a word and a feeling that I wasn't able to claim for myself for a long time. So I think the more we can get, how do I want to feel in my, my body? Just always asking, how do I want to feel in my body? How do I want to feel in my body? That question can help you to feel more embodied. Um, which to me just means being embodied as yourself is really living true to you. Yeah. Well, for those of you who are listening on the airwaves, like Allison, you literally are glowing. So I think you're definitely (laughs) a vibrancy thing. And, you know, I think when we pick somebody like sexy, you know, that has such, uh, maybe like a patriarchal definition, but then also like we get to redefine what sexy means to us exactly the word and make it work for us because I think that's kind of the whole piece of the pleasure is like customizing it like you're saying like customizing the vibe to fit and to like support how you want to feel inside your body yes exactly exactly it's I encourage everyone to ask that question because it will make a difference in your approach to how you sort of what you do with your body, whether it's through like the nutrition approach or the exercise or just all things with wellness. Once you know those words, um, and I, I like to say two to five words, you know, once you know them, you can really like claim, you know, change the way your health is. 
Yeah. And I've sort of heard people say like with a value sort like that, that you then begin to like say yes or no to things based mm-hmm. on that, you know, where you create like the psychic or energetic boundaries, like, you know, um, is, uh, waking up early. Does that make me feel sexy? Uh, my answer is definitely no, I'm not a warrior. <laughs> exactly to a um like I'm like imagining you on the on the was it like the train to the train uh yeah like commitment I think that's like the stuff that we don't hear you know like we see like oh good morning America wow that must have been such a huge moment for you but you don't see like the the 10 I'm just guessing but like you know the 10 years before where you're like riding the train and opening the studio and clocking the hours and like I feel like that sometimes is like the less glamorous, less glorious stuff, but that is like where the embodiment, like you're building the muscle memory of this thing that then gets to come like easy and like magically happen a little bit later. (laughs) So true. It's so true. It's like that old joke about the overnight success, you know, that that took 10 years to happen or whatever. Like these things we learn over time and they are, you know, this stuff is really born out of my own experiences and my own you know, um, the scratchy, itchy, struggly stuff that didn't always feel like it fit and, um, and being judgy about that for a long time until finally, I think being like, oh, maybe other women are like in the embers half the time and don't feel like working out. And, you know, how can I use this to my advantage as far as using that place of being in the embers as part of the progression instead of judging it, constantly judging myself as being wrong. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I was just kind of thinking about like movement itself is like the opposite of being stuck. Right. And I think we're at like such a huge turning point in our country and the world around like health because like the patriarchy like really does not want us to be healthy. And they've like built all these like billion dollar industries, like the fast food industry and, you know, everything to kind of block this any of those kinds of things we could like the beauty industry any of those things right um but like health is like it's I mean it's really like our natural state but like the society and the like programming has made it particularly recently you know not really accessible to people and um I had two big moments watching my parents kind of struggle with health issues Mm -hmm. um where like my my dad actually is a, a cancer survivor and so watching him get cancer. I was in grad school and I was like, I don't want to like kill myself at work, you know? And my mom struggled with some mobility issues. And so like having her, um, you know, not be able to do the things she once did, like, those are things that, um, particularly for me as like a plus size woman, I'm like, it's like really scary. And also like, you want to like break that cycle and Mm -hmm. really, like make health the number one thing. And I know for me, sometimes career is the number one thing. Sometimes motherhood is the number one thing, you know, like just busy things kind of like get in the way. And so like, if we zoom out to the big picture, like how important is movement? I mean, I know it's like, obviously like a no doubt question. Um, <laughs> even in therapy, we say like, you know, regular exercise is as effective as an antidepressant. And so many people are leaning on antidepressants instead of just like getting out into nature and like walking and moving. So I'm just kind of wondering, like, if we like zoom out to the big picture kind of paradigm shift that through crisis that we're kind of in right now, like, what is like your wish for the world? Like, what do you wish would change? How could we address some of these issues in your perspective? Yeah. Wow. So such a good question. I do not feel that we, um, that 
health and wellness have been a pillar of our culture. And as you said, so many things, even down to the way sugar crops are treated and these kinds of things make fast food and sugar and all these things so accessible and they're, and they make it really hard. I just want to normalize that for starters, that, that eating well, eating, you know, quote unquote, right is so hard because food is so much more available to us now than it ever has been historically. And our bodies just haven't adapted yet to being able to handle the consistency of food. And, you know, you go anywhere, like you're in Bed Bath & Beyond buying sheets, there's food. You go to the hardware store buying, you know, what a hammer and there's food. It's like literally everywhere. That makes it really, really hard. And I think, you know, my vision for what I would love to see going forward in the future is, is because in my opinion, health is really our greatest wealth that when you don't have, you know, we've heard that phrase many times perhaps, but it's so true. Um, when you have great health, it really makes everything else easier to handle, whether it's because you're a sharper mentally or because physically you can, you know, in the experience of, of like your mom, that's really hard to struggle through a, a season in life where you don't have mobility. And, um, so, yeah. So back to your original question of like, where can we go from here? It's such a big money-making industry, right? And that's where the, the, the struggle is perhaps around turning the, the ship. I feel like I'm having an aha moment. I, I think for me and like that, the pieces that I've shared on this interview, um, I feel like the biggest thing that was going against it for me is like putting myself first, particularly like in middle age and like mm-hmm. mom and business owner. And I can see that in my mom's generation and her mom before her. Absolutely. Women's conditioning around like take care of everybody else. Yeah. The caretaker can be very stressful. Um, so, I mean, like I would imagine like with the workout when you're working with your clients, like. I feel like a piece of that is like telling them to kind of like put their, their pleasure maybe, or their like, you know, health or just like time for yourself even like first. Yeah. Yeah. Big questions. (laughs) I'm like, how do we change the world, Allison? Like tell us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you're making such a great point that when, when we do teach the teach women that, they're in control of their health, that they can prioritize their, their health, that they can trust themselves with their following their own energy. And that um, they then, whether we're talking about giving money, right? We've seen this happen where um, entrepreneurial women in their rural countries are given money and then they transform the, the lives of their entire families. I just think when you empower women, no matter what which way it is through, through health, through physical, you know, actual wealth of money, wealth, whatever it is. I think that women have a way of just transforming the lives of the people around them from that. So, you know, I think it's, you're making such a beautiful point. Yeah. And I think for anyone out there who's like me, a listener or a watcher who's plus size, like, I think there's a whole barrier there to maybe going to like a gym or whatever. And I sort of, uh, watched my mom, if my mom was watching this, she may not be too happy with me talking about this, but, um, you know, at a certain point, like she stopped wearing a bathing suit and, for me, I was like, you know what? I'm not like ever going to give up the beach. Like I'm never going to give up time with my family just because I don't, you know, how I feel in a bathing suit. And so for me, like Zumba has been very therapeutic. Um, I do Zumba like twice a week during my work week. I love it. 
like 10 30 and then sometimes I really like to write like content or go live afterwards because the music and the uh movements just like really get me in my feminine power yeah um, totally it peps you up yeah and I think to me, it's like the inclusivity piece, just like it really is available to everyone. And like, it's not about, I mean, I like look silly when I <laughs> do something because I'm not always on the beat. Sometimes I mix up my left and my right, you know, but like, it's not how I look, it's how I feel, right? Exactly. Like, so amazing. And so like, don't let like, um, same thing with business even, like don't let fear of rejection or visibility or like criticism or not being good enough, like kind of stand in the way of this thing. Um, exactly. Totally, especially like, you know, with health, I think like, you know, I'm seeing firsthand right now with some life events, just that like, if you don't have health, you don't have anything, you know, that yes. really is number one. It really, really makes such a big difference. And I think just making it as, as you said, like you're doing this Zumba in the middle of your day. Like, I'm. Are you at home doing it? Or are you going somewhere? Um, I have to go to a gym. And okay. I'm a little bit when you were talking about like gym vibes, because I've always done like you know over the past couple of decades, I've I've had gym memberships, and that's where I did like yoga, or that's where I did Pilates, or that's where I did Zumba. I usually have to like pick something fun, you know. Or yeah. Stick with it. Exactly. Um, have fun with it. There is a little bit of that overlay of like you know, like yoga in a yoga studio is probably really different than like yoga in a fitness environment. You know, it's a different like intention maybe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, I love that you, I love that you love it and following that is going to lead only to good stuff. And like you, like you were saying that science is really indicating that the more we work out, we actually feel better mentally as well, whether it's from, you know, in an antidepressant sort of way, or just sort of in a stimulus, like you come back and work and you feel good to work after that. Um, and I, I think taking the pressure off of ourselves to be doing it a certain way. I think if, if, if you're coming at it to first a place of like, let's just make this fun. Like it doesn't have to be so serious. It also yeah. doesn't have to be about a body part. Like who cares if your butt looks amazing, like this second, like, let's just have fun with it and enjoy it. I think when you come at it from a perspective of like, I'm trying to change a body part, <laughs> then sometimes you're not as likely to stick with it as, as you are when you're just like, this is so fun. It's not serious. I'm just enjoying it. Then you're in a place where I think consistency becomes much easier. Yeah. And the problem focus is like, um, it reminds me of like atomic habits, you know, they sort of say mm. like, um, change the identity, like don't focus on like the problem, like we're erasing the problem. Yeah. I'm a healthy person or I'm a dancer or like I'm a powerful woman. And so I do X, Y, and Z, not like I'm trying to get rid of this or the other, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Establishing the habit from that place. I think it just feels so much better. So like, what if we could dream big and like, imagine like feminine fire is just like live stream to like everybody and like every woman can get a chance to like tap into that. Like, how would that change the world? Like, what if every woman like get <laughs> yes. What if every woman could download the message of just following your own energy and um, enjoying your body? Like, oh my God, can you imagine the world we would live in? It would just be so luscious and delicious to live amongst a bunch of women who were all just turned on by yeah. being embodied in their own, you know, however they want to feel. I mean, I think it would sincerely change how we show up in the world for sure. Yeah. And I think that that's why, um, 
body image and like sexual satisfaction are like two big targets of the patriarchy because like sexual satisfaction one, I mean, it's like a sacred act either with yourself or a partner. Um, and like, it's just such a huge source of like empowerment and joy and satisfaction. And so if they keep us from these things, then we're just like stressed out and confused. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Cause when you're really turned on and that's just my way of saying, you know, like you really feel your body and feel embodied and excited to be living in it or in her. I, when I refer to myself, I say in her, it's, I'm, you know, it is, I am so turned on. I'm so lit up that you do show up in the world differently and it can be very empowering. And that then is threatening to (laughs) a woman really turned on and enjoy is a threat to a lot of (laughs) stuff. Right. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yes, we're we're both part of some of those secret societies, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I I um you know, for me I feel like 2021 is such a huge year and I really um feel like it's, you know, the year of the divine feminine revolution where like there's a changing of the guards and the power structures and all these and like incredible revolutionary women leaders are coming forward and like we won't shut up about it. <laughs> right so thank goodness please don't shut up (laughs) keep screaming yeah and men too we need them as well to be part of this you know sort of like inclusion and they oh my god they benefit when women are liberated enjoy their sexuality Um, absolutely yes that's what we need all the juicy men (laughs) okay so I am so I definitely am like tuned in tapped on and turned on for this conversation it's been so fun. I love, oh, I just love being able to talk about my favorite things. And so thank you for, for sharing your gifts and uh, giving me a chance to sell, tell some of these things um, because it's definitely been such a big journey in my own life. And then, you know, when you work with women, it's just like such a central piece of like, you know, body and pleasure and movement and how you feel, you know, it's, it's everything. So tell us like, where do we find you? How do we work with you? All the good stuff. Oh, thank you so much. Just, this has been so fun. Um, you are a joy. This was a really nice chat. I appreciate you. And um, yeah, people can um, find me. I'm at Feminine Fire Method on Facebook, on Instagram. My website is femininefiremethod.com. And um, yeah, hang out. I do mini workouts on Instagram, um, which do make their way to Facebook occasionally, but I have some tech things that make me spaz out there, but they're definitely on Instagram and mostly on Facebook as well. And so you can kind of get a feel for my style through those mini workouts. And of course you can come to a class, a free class anytime you can sign up on my website to try a class for free. It's, it's virtual, all virtual. So, awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely be checking it out and who couldn't use a little feminine fire in their life. So <laughs> I want to thank everyone so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of Divine Feminine Revolution. And thank you so much for being on the show today. It has seriously been a blast talking with you, Allison. And I think just it's a reminder for everyone out there, like you really can like be so like fired up about your life calling. Um, Do you know your human design? Are you a generator? I just have to know. I don't know. I haven't done that. Someone else asked me that recently. I feel like if it's coming up twice, it must be, (laughs) I need to do it. Well, I'm a generator. Many people are. It's about 30% of the population, but generators are basically like 
um, they are here to like uplift the vibration of humanity with this like yummy, warm, sort of um, like life-giving, sort of like pleasurable vibes. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, that sounds delicious. <laughs> I will message you and tell you where you can find a chart and I'll, I'll let you know. I, I've been like so into human design and now I've been like guessing people's like charts and stuff just to see if I like think I know as much as I do. Um, so. I love it. Thank but you. Yes. I'm curious now. Generators are like the masters. They're here to do like kind of like one thing over and over again. And, and they can be very good teachers and creators. And they, they bring a lot of like, you know, the warm vibes into the world. So I could definitely oh, see nice. that. Maybe I'm Annie Jen because you've done a lot of different things. But um, all right. Again, thanks everybody. Oh. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Want to keep the conversation flowing? Find us on Facebook at the Divine Feminine Revolution Facebook group, where revolutionary women gather to listen to their hearts, monetize their gifts, and change the world.